Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972 Go Men's Tea or visit mensteaclinic.com. Here we go. <clears throat> it's hour three of the G Back Nation on 105 through the fan, and it's time now to talk with John Mashota, Cowboys writer here with the uh, Athletic. And uh, he joins us now here on 105 through the fan. And a good afternoon, Josh. How, uh, John, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So um, they're just going to run it back? Is that what we're seeing here? What, what's your take on what's developed so far since the Cowboys lost? Yeah, that's what it appears to be. I don't know. Like, I, I want to sit here and say it's surprising. But going over how Jerry Jones has managed the team over the last decade plus, this is kind of in line with the way he's done things where – there haven't been a lot of big risks, and I think even though the fan base would look at it as going in another direction, a head coach not being a big risk, I think Jerry looks at it that way, that it would be the changing up a bunch of things. You know, It's not just your head coach is changing, the staff's changing, the way they interact with the scouting department and the front office, and now all of a sudden the players have to learn new systems. And I just don't think that Jerry Jones wants to go through that. I think he wants to – uh, I think he hopes that it works with Mike, and then if it doesn't, then next year at this time, then then that's when he can be like, hey, we, we tried everything we could with this. Now it's time to go in a new direction and kind of be a, uh, a new path then. But uh, I, I am a little surprised just with the way that Jerry sounded after the game immediately. I thought after he got a chance to kind of sit there and sleep on it for a little bit, I thought ultimately that that loss would have been too much for uh, him to, to get past with just running it back, but clearly it isn't. You're very good at keeping a level-headed and professional approach, which I certainly am not good at that, John. But how did Sunday impact or change the way you view this team moving forward, considering you are going to have the same head coach, the same quarterback, and potentially Dan Quinn back as well? Um, well, from my, my reporter standpoint, I would say that it uh, it's not as – exciting I guess I don't know if that's the right word to describe it but it just it's one of those things where I I know it's going to be a hard sell to the fan base to want to read a lot of articles about the Dallas Cowboys over the next 365 days no matter what you talk about coaching staff players um, the draft uh, there's just a lot of things that have happened in the last week or so that have turned a lot of fans off and understandably so Uh, when you have a game like Sunday where it is it's it's such a it's such a shock because it's not just a loss it's the manner that it happened and then the fact that Dak didn't play well and you didn't get some big game out of Micah or CD and the defense just looks like it's trending in the wrong direction there's just not a lot of things when you cover this team have we lost John that was the weirdest dropped call sound I've ever heard that was weird I thought it was my headphones maybe maybe it was his headphones. Maybe okay. that's what it was. Oh, he lo- he's Maybe probably, John was wearing the, the AirPods. He's wearing his AirPods. His AirPods died on That could have been oh, what it was. He's switching over to his Bluetooth right now. Right now, he's probably scrambling like, oh my gosh, I need to get back on the phone. 
Man, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good sound quality there. Yeah, it if is. you're doing that, yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's a pro about over that. an earbud situation. I I think that's the biggest storyline right now. That's why I opened up the show with it today. Like, what's Jerry's thinking about getting the fans to buy in and generating some excitement? I thought that was an incredibly interesting. What John, you just brought up to us a minute ago, and we have you back about. You know the 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 readers of your articles not being as interested. How how do the Joneses approach getting fans excited about this season, or do you think they believe it just doesn't matter and we're going to go to try to win games and get them back that way? I mean, they obviously it matters and they care about that. You know, Jerry cares about you know the selling merchandise and getting people to you know sell out AT and T Stadium. I don't know that that there's such a, the Cowboys have such a big fan base. I don't know that they're going to have problems in that area uh they're still their games are still going to be the highest most watched games um you know being somebody that's from detroit i'm used to when things are going poorly you know you get the, the fans chanting to sell you know the owners to sell the team or you know when matt millen was a gm in detroit for far too long there was like scheduled walkouts and and it didn't matter if you were at a lions game or a red wings game or a tigers game if there was a break in the action People all got together and started to chant and fire Millen. You don't get that with the Dallas Cowboys, you know? Like, and, and they're just, I, I still think that there's just so many fans that they will, they will still get people that, that are so interested because the Cowboys are probably the biggest brand in sports. But in terms of people that, are, like, the, the, the fans that want to see them finally get to a Super Bowl, I don't know that there's anything they can do in the next 365 days that can get them to buy in. I mean, they can go 15 and 2. And it still won't matter because when you play as poorly as they did after thinking that this season might be different because of the way they were playing at home and three consecutive 12 win seasons, like I don't know what they can do to get you to buy in between now and, and next year at this time. Uh, well, we were talking about an eye for me. I thought, boy, if you could draft early a great lineman who shows up early in the season, if you could maybe sign a veteran lineman as well. And I don't know if that's Tyron Smith or somebody else, but you know, and then get a runner in there to where you are the team that's getting like 4.8 yards per attempt for the first month of the season, then I would think, hey, this might actually, you know, be something that could uh, win games in January. Yeah, and, and I hate that I have to say this because I like the guy so much and he's such a good dude, but with the way Dak has played in the playoffs, even if all of that happened, there would have to be part of you that would say, man, but it could all fall apart. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how he can play any better than he did this regular season. And then to play that poorly against the Packers, and that's your most important player, because of that, that's always going to be in the back of your mind. A great running game will help a lot. I mean, that's obviously been a huge help to, for that Lions success with Jared Goff. It's not like they are just put it on Goff's back. I don't think Jared Goff's doing anything in Detroit that Dak wouldn't be doing if he was there. So that will help. But this playoff appearance and then the last one at San Francisco with how poorly Dak played, that's always going to be in the back of your mind that no matter how well things go in the regular season, is it going to revert back as soon as these games start being win or go home? Okay, one more. Uh, and then, so I, w- I wanted to follow up on Dak there. Do you, what do you think's going on there? Is, is there? is there any indication of reason to believe that the pressure, there's like a Kirk Cousins situation going on, like Kirk in primetime, Dak in the playoffs? Is that a narrative that, that is, is valid in your mind, John? Until it changes, you have to think that. Until until he goes out there and gets over the hump and puts together this you know three game postseason winning streak and, and gets them to a Super Bowl, I don't know how you can think otherwise. He has to show it, and and really he's about as open as any player is when it comes to things like that. I mean to sit there and admit 
how, how poorly he's played in those games. I mean, he's not running from it. He knows it has to be better there. I'd say the one positive you have is now with the second uh, season with McCarthy calling plays, maybe things get to a level where this becomes like the perfect offense for him where, you know, there, there are no weaknesses. No matter what an opposing defense does, they have the answers to the test, and, and, and that, will, that will ultimately make it for the difference in January. Maybe that does happen next January. Maybe we're talking about a deep playoff run next year. I'm just saying that between now and then, it's tough to sell that to people. John, from one guy that uh, owns up to it to another guy that hasn't, Micah Parsons, you know, what about that whole thing? You know, and, you know, we, we see him on podcasts and he's always out there talking about things. But then at the end of it, though, uh, when it's all kind of trying to explain, uh, he's nowhere need to need be found. Yeah, not a great look. I mean, it's not a great look for somebody that, you know, is on track to be paid like, maybe if not the highest, one of the highest defensive players to ever play this game. And so if that's the case, you need that guy to also be face of the franchise leader type as well. No question. I mean, he's still young, so that's not to sit there and say that that can't happen. And he's obviously a freak, you know, talent, and you would rather have him than not have him. But, no, it's not a good look that you don't hear anything uh, from somebody like him because of how important he is to the franchise. I mean, he's the face of their defense. He's he's a, one of the biggest reasons of – that the reason that they've won 12 games each of the last three seasons. So, yeah, I, I, I don't love that. It kind of surprised me because usually once, you know, he gets in front of the microphone, he, he's great, and it seems like he actually enjoys doing it. But um, maybe there's a part of him that's not right now because he doesn't want to say something that he'll regret. And so while we'll sit here on the radio and talk about how he needs to talk, maybe in the background there, you know, people around him are like, no, it's better that he doesn't. You know, you guys can think it's bad right now, but it would have been way worse if he would have talked. And so – Maybe he's just waiting to give it some time because he doesn't want to say the wrong thing. John, is is there any thought about the Cowboys not doing anything with Dak's contract and just letting this thing ride and see how, what happens? That's certainly possible. I think that all comes down to, you know, Jerry and, and Dak and Dak's guys sitting down and, and talking about where they're at in terms of a new deal. I, I just – I it, as, as bad as it's looked in some of these playoff games, I just don't see Dak Prescott – not being here a year or two from now. I, I just I just can't see it. You know, I can't see it from the Jerry Jones perspective. I don't see him wanting to start over with a new quarterback. I, I don't think that it's one of these things where, you know, they're setting it up for Trey Lance to be the guy. I, I think Dak is going to be the guy. They just have to figure it out financially. Um, and obviously when you're one of, the, you know, the top quarterbacks in the league, you're going to get paid that way. So I would be very surprised. It would, it would go against everything we've seen from Jerry Jones. I mean, again, I wrote about this the other day. I mean, you go back to 2012, they did, they did the trade up for Morris Claiborne. They paid that 50, 50 million for five years to Brandon Carr. Since that day, everything has been very conservative and it's worked out in some areas very well. The draft, the way they've built this roster, the talent being conservative has been smart, not trading up, trading actually back and still getting Mm -hmm. Micah Parsons and gathering picks along the way. There's a lot of things that have been positive, but when you look at the totality of it, it's been very conservative. It hasn't been very risk-taking. And get going in another direction without Dak seems like that would be too much of a risk that Jerry would want to take. Okay, well, how about Dak then trying to help the organization? Any thought about that? With with a, with, with a better deal in order to try and... Takes a little ma- bit less. Take some pressure off himself, but kind of helps him with some players around him. That would certainly be possible. I, I, could, I could see that. Um, if I take... If I if I if I step away from covering the Cowboys and I pretend that I'm Dak's agent though right now, I would say don't do that. And the reason why is because of Jared Goff. I do think that there would be plenty of teams out there that would say, man, 
it's crazy what you've been able to do with the Cowboys being under that microscope and all that. Come over here. Let us take some pressure off of you. And then all of a sudden he has an outstanding years, kind of like Stafford leaving Detroit and going to the Rams. Like I'm, that would not surprise me either. It's not like it, it's not like they part ways with Dak and now Dak's got to go to the announcer booth. No, Dak's getting another job somewhere else. He's he's too good of a player not to be a starting quarterback in this league. He's still in his early 30s. He's not he's not going to be out of the league. If I mean he has options, and so I don't think his agent will tell him to do that at all. So, but if he wants to do it, I mean I could see Dak doing that. I can see Dak stepping in. I mean that's the type of guy he is, no question. But I can't see his agent being cool with that. The Athletic Sean Machado with us here in the G-Bag Nation. Did anything stand out to you from what Mike McCarthy said earlier today at his presser? And, and what do you think he's got to make sure he changes this offseason going into next year? Yeah, you could tell that, you know, even though there's been a few days that have gone by, that, you know, the way the season ended, like the shock and, and of it, you could still tell he was still emotional about that. That's that's going to leave a bad taste in his mouth for, for a long time. And I know, obviously, it will for fans, too, but... Mike McCarthy had to be surprised with what he saw Sunday. There's no way. Losing a close game to the Packers and and getting upset or something like that, sure. To get punched in the mouth, be down 27 to nothing late in the first half, being down 32 in the – I mean, come on. I mean, what what are we doing here? Not a a team that's won 16 in a row at home. To the Green Bay Packers, I I know that just – that's – that's that I, I saw a guy that is still stunned that that the season came to an end the way that it did. That was that was probably my biggest takeaway from it because everything else. I mean, Mike's a longtime coach, longtime head coach. He's going to say the right things. He you know he know he's not going up there as nervous as a lot of us would be in that situation, knowing the questions you're about to get. He's been through this stuff, so he wasn't really rattled with that. But I could just tell the look on his face and, and just kind of the way he was carrying himself that. He, he he still can't believe that that they're not playing right now. What did you think was happening early in that game when McCarthy's conversing with CD Lamb and everybody's body language seemed a little bit weird and mopey and it felt like they had already lost the game down seven. I, what do you think was being talked about there? Uh, he said it was had something to do with the way CD was ran a route and with the way Green Bay was in coverage, you know, and maybe that was. Uh, but there's a part of me that that thinks that it might have had something to do with the fact of I got to try and get it get ahead of this thing right now because I've seen this before. You know, I saw this in San Francisco earlier this year. I've seen this in in Buffalo when things start going bad. You saw it in, uh, against the Cardinals when things started going bad early in those games. You it didn't matter. They could have played 16, 7, 25. They could have played 50 quarters of football, and you were like, they're not turning this thing around. And so I think maybe he saw something early where he was like, I need to say something. Let's get, let's try and like rally these guys and get them back focused because uh, there's still a lot of game to play. Let's not, you know, be, let's not have the deer in the headlights. Look, there's still plenty of time here. Uh, let's try and get this thing back on track. But I'm sure everybody was very concerned with the way it, what, what way it was going up to that point. Um, but he said it had something to do with, with the route that was, was being run. So was it your AirPods just now or what happened? Why did my phone cut out? Yeah, we heard like a bloop bloop. It did for a moment there, yeah. or very very beginning oh, of the interview. No, I, I don't I don't think so. I'm now I'm just talking to my my regular cell phone here outside of the CBS, so I don't uh, think so. Maybe f- Jerry's cutting into this thing. Yeah, dude, phones are being <laughs> tapped. How fired up are you for the Lions? Are you flying home? Cheer them on. <laughs> I'm not, man. Those t- those tickets are crazy expensive. It's like yeah. six hundred bucks is like the cheapest ticket to get in that building, and it's. I mean, it's a divisional round game. I mean, if they if they were to make it to the Super Bowl, I would try and get to that, or I'd, or I'd go back to Detroit or something like that. But, I mean, 
I don't know. I expect them to, to beat the Buccaneers. So uh, I'm excited for them, though. I mean, I'm excited for the city. They're, it's been a long time. I mean, too long for the Lions, but it's been a while for De- a Detroit sports team to kind of be on the map like that. And obviously, as you see by the turnout of the people at the games, I mean, they're they're fired up about it. So I'm obviously happy for them. Now, uh, were you were what was your honest reaction when the Cowboys beat the Lions in Week 17? Was there any disappointment in your John Michauda mind there as you uh, watched that game with your objective reporter hat on? Not really. I mean, that was my tenth Cowboys uh, Lions game, uh, okay. and I just I've just seen too many to where um, I would say the closest that I've ever been to that was uh, if you guys remember that game. I think it was 2013 when they played up in in Detroit. And uh, Matthew Stafford won the game by like faking the spike and oh, then yeah. uh, reaching yeah. over the goal line, and, yeah. and Des was flipping out on the sideline. They have an open air press box in Detroit, which is yes. my favorite, and you just felt the crowd. And that was probably the last time that I've ever been like professionally working somewhere where I was like really like, wow, that was crazy. I can't believe that happened. But I just, uh, I don't know. It's like I mean, I still want the Lions to win. Don't get me wrong, but like when I'm covering a game or something like that, like I don't really feel too much emotion i try and be as much down the middle as i can including on the the pivotal call there uh i was trying to tie a bunch of friends in town for the game and i was just trying to explain to them like i don't know why you guys are mad at the refs you need to be mad at dan campbell because <laughs> he needs to kick the extra point and go into overtime have you seen this cowboys defense play why would you think that they're about to stop you in overtime like you're not trying to shock the world you're as good as them go to overtime and win the game like that was that's the thing you should be mad at it's not the refs so what's next here? We're waiting for uh, Jerry and Steve to talk at the Senior Bowl. Is that our next uh, chance at getting some good news here, Crankin? What do you think? I would think so. I was disappointed that they didn't uh, do some do some interviews with you guys this week. Uh, I was hoping I was hoping we get something, but uh, I think I think Jerry and Steven are going to lay low for a little bit. Um, they know the frustration that the fan base has, and they know that there's nothing they probably can really say right now. But yeah, Senior Bowl in Mobile. They'll definitely be there. Jerry will definitely talk there for sure. Uh, so that might be the next time. Um, and then it'll get right into draft and free agency talk. And, and, and I understand. I mean, time heals wounds, but I think it's going to – this one's going to take a while for, for a lot of Cowboys fans to get past. There will be a lot of them that, that hey, new season, uh, new life, everything's great, let's, let's do this again. But I think there's a, a, a significant chunk that will be noticeable that – it's going to take them a while to, to buy back in, buy back in after what they saw this season and the way the season ended. In the meantime, we'll tell everybody to keep reading your articles to keep your clicks up. Absolutely, you know that's 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 what I'm hoping for. I'm going to find ways. I'm not giving up over here. <laughs> oh, I'm going know. to find storylines. I'm going to find ways to keep Cowboys fans interested. Believe me, I mean, I I have nothing to complain about. I've hitched my wagon to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to cover the Dallas Cowboys probably until I take my last breath. So <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. So I can I can be frustrated. Uh, I can feel bad for the fans, but I'm going to be here. Hey, Johnny, nice. real real quick, real quick. Kalen DeLoach, you going to play him at linebacker or safety? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. I would probably go at linebacker, but he is he is a playmaker. He's one of those guys that got kind of got the it factor. So yeah, I'm a Florida fan. State guy. Mm-hmm. There we go. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Cheers. Thank you, guys. There
There he goes, John Mishota of The Athletic here with you on 105.3. The fan probably been on that beat for 12, 13 years by now, and he's doing a hell of a job. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.